Hi, I'm Andrea. And I'm Jennifer. We're two women who met through our love of writing and our shared experiences with grief. What began as a commonality with loss evolved into a beautiful friendship that has taken our grief and shown us how God's glory can come from it. Through our many conversations, we've learned that there's so much more to the grieving process than meets the eye, and we want to explore that with you and share not just our experiences, but the experiences of others from a faith perspective. We hope you will join us on this journey to morning glory. The holidays are a time of joy and celebration, but for many, they can also be a time of sadness, even loneliness. This can be one of the most difficult times, especially if it's the first holiday after a loved one has passed away. Today's episode, we're going to talk about navigating the holidays and share some tips. And if you're like us, you've probably had many people tell you what to do and what not to do. So we decided to make a list of do's and don'ts. Welcome, friends, to the Morning Glory podcast. With me this morning is Jennifer Thomas. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing fine, Andrea. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so I apologize if you hear me cough. And I'm also going to put this out there, um, What? not that it matters, but I just got braces. So I am adjusting to learning how to speak with this. And so I feel like I have a very big lisp. So I'm sorry ahead of time if you hear that. But for all of my adult brace wearers, I feel for you big time. This is this is a totally new field that I'm navigating and, and I'm trying to get adjusted to it. So other than that, I'm doing good. Um, how about you, Jen? I'm doing pretty good. Um, we just had our Thanksgiving feasts at my kids' school. So for listeners out there, we are recording this right before Thanksgiving. And we had my school um, where my kids attend and where I work, we have Thanksgiving feasts for everyone, which is a, a great thing that our school does. I'm not sure, you know, if other schools do something like that. And It's fun, but it can also be stressful because there's just, there's so much going on and wanting to make sure that all of the families of the students enjoy themselves, but also that I'm able to be present like with my own kids and enjoy the feast as their mom and not just as um, an employee. And, you know, this, this kind of got um, us thinking about, you know, going into the holidays and Andrea and I have been kind of thinking about wanting to do an episode, which is the one we're doing today, just about, you know, going into the holidays and how, how it can be different sometimes. And, um, how, how are you feeling as we head into Thanksgiving and then Advent Christmas season, Andrea? Well, you know, I think first, I think the holidays in general, whether you've lost a loved one or not, can always be a lot. You know, it's we're adding more to our schedule. We're bringing families together. We're And so that's a lot of busyness already in itself. And then when you kind of pile that on on top of like a loss, that can be even more overwhelming. So for, for me this year, you know, this is six years after my mom's passed. Um, I'm finally in a place where I'm enjoying the holidays, um, but it wasn't always like that. Um, I have thought about, you know, some of the things that I still do that I didn't do at the very beginning. Um, I, I think about some of the things that I want to carry on, but right now I'm I'm actually in a good place, but I have to say it took me a while to get there. It wasn't something that was so quick and and so easy. So, um, but I think for this year, kind of going into it, I'm I'm just looking at the the people that are present in my life and the families, and I'm also looking at kind of the things that they're going through too. Um, I did have a friend of mine who had lost her husband and was asking me about you know what are some things that you should do during this time? And and so, you know, kind of adding to what you were just saying that we felt this was a really good time to talk about, you know, how do people approach the holidays, especially that first one? Because 
while there's always that cliche of the first being the hardest, it's the first of the first. And I think that's what's so difficult for a lot of people is there's no, there's no like blue book. There's no, you know, um, like instruction manual of how to go about this. So I think this is a good opportunity to maybe just give people pointers. And, you know, I do want to preface that these are simply tips that things that I think you and I have experienced on our own and they're just tips. So for anyone that's listening, you don't have to follow any of the things that we say, but if you find them helpful, you know, we, we want to offer them as a place that, you know, might help you, especially during this time. Yeah. I actually had someone who I was speaking with and she's a widow. Um, I want to say it's five, it may be five or six years since her husband passed, but she said for her, the first year, like of all the first was actually easier because there were so many people reaching out to her and they made a point of reaching out to her. And then it was after that when, you know, it was like, you know, then she was faced with it because she was more alone in it. Not that she didn't have her children or other family or friends. And so for her, that was just different because she had so many people reaching out for that first. She had so many invitations to come over for Thanksgiving and, you know, like, Hey, we don't want you to be alone on this first one. And so it was almost like a distraction for her. And then the following year was when, when everything like really just kind of hit her. And so that, that kind of takes us into this first tip and we want you all to make sure to be gentle with yourself we can beat ourselves up for how we react or, you know, for things that maybe we didn't do with our loved ones before they passed that we wish we had done, but we want to make sure that you're gentle with yourself and also gentle with, um, with everyone else who's affected, you know, by this loss, it's all new. And so you don't know what, how you're going to feel. You can always predict. It's like when you go through those CPR classes and they prepare you and say, Hey, if someone starts having a heart attack, these are the steps you do. But until you're in that moment, you don't know how you're going to react. And I think this is a good way to think about, you know, going into the holidays or even any certain, um, I don't know, like big days or big events that you have coming up. What do you think, Andrea? Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, we have to be gentle with ourselves, um, and also be gentle with the people around you that have also experienced the loss. Because I think that when we go through this, we definitely feel the loss of ourselves, of the person that that has that is not there. But it also affects other people too, and they're going to react differently. They're not not everybody's going to react the same. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to the people around you. If if they want to step away and they don't want to be a part of a family situation, don't force that. Don't put that on them. If you need to take time for yourself, you know, this is a pretty big loss. It, it's a major change in your life, and you know, allow yourself to to be okay with that. That you know things are different now and, and they won't go back. And you're trying to figure this out as you go. You know, you're making, you're making that blueprint, as I said, as you're going through it. Um, and I think this brings us to like our second tip, which is kind of combined is allow yourself to feel the feelings, you know, um, you don't always have to be brave cry it out if you need to, if you show up to Thanksgiving day and you're a hot mess and you're crying everywhere and you're dripping tears on the gravy. Well, don't do that. But if you're, <laughs> you're a little crying, salt to that gravy, <laughs> right? You know, a little flavor. But if you're a lot, if you're doing that, that's okay. I think people are going to understand that, that this is a hard time. You know, if, if you need to bring a box of tissues wherever you go and, um, you know, or you need to write these things out, allow yourself to feel those things. I know if you, try to avoid them too long, they will resurface and they will resurface in the most unexpected place. And it's almost like shaking up a bottle of soda and then 
when the cap comes off, everything just, you know, it explodes explodes. everywhere. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, sometimes it's easier to just kind of keep yourself busy so that you don't have to feel everything. But if you recognize that you're doing it, I would say do try to, you know, correct yourself. And sometimes it's good to just go somewhere where you can be alone. And if you feel like you need to scream, um, you know, just to get that emotion out, because I mean, some people, they, they get their emotions out by crying. Some get their emotions out by doing like kickboxing or exercising, you know, whatever way that you have that helps you release those feelings and releases that stress make sure that you give yourself the time and space to do that. And if you feel like it's coming up, like if you can tell that it's bubbling up, go ahead and try to, you know, make some time for yourself or tell others around you, you know, if it's your mom who you lost or your dad, a a parent, maybe tell your spouse like, Hey, I just need to go. I just need some alone time. I just need some time to, to kind of feel my feelings, to process everything. I've told my husband that before sometimes. And, um, I actually knew someone that this wasn't necessarily related to grief, but just getting emotions out and she would get frustrated. Um, I, I worked in retail for quite a while and there would be times where we would say, Oh, I wonder where so-and-so went And it was her, what we called freezer time. And it was because she would go into the (laughs) freezer and scream to get her frustrations out, to get her emotions out. And every time I think back on this particular person, I smile and she has since passed away, but it was, she would just say, I need to go to the freezer for a bit. And it was because she needed, she knew she needed to get her emotions out and to get everything out of her body just to kind of help her reset. So, um, you know, whatever, whatever method you feel you need to use. So for me, it's usually crying. And sometimes, you know, I, I just cry and my kids are like, mom, why are you crying? And I do tell them like, if I'm missing my parents and now if they see me crying at certain times, they actually ask me like, do you miss your mom or do you miss your dad? which I think is really sweet because then it gives them an opportunity to, for us to talk about emotions and that it is yeah. okay to show your emotions. Yeah. I think that's really healthy too, because you're, you're letting your kids know that it's, it's okay to have those feelings that you don't always have to be brave. You're setting them up for kind of a, a false expectation, I think when you do. So, and going back to your, your coworker, I think we all need a freezer sometimes, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, um, and the, I, since we've been talking about allowing yourselves to feel, I think it's also important. And you mentioned this just very briefly, Jen, like sometimes it's okay to not show your emotions too. Like there are going to be times where you have to get through, you know, especially I'm going to say for mothers or, or parents that maybe have lost their spouse, you know, there's an expectation that you're going to have to, you know, do things for your kids, that, that things are relying on you. And so that is okay. Sometimes keeping busy, you know, um, don't feel guilty if you don't have an emotional reaction or you don't cry. Not everybody responds the same way. And it doesn't have to be so, um, I don't know the right word to say, but it can be like a roller coaster. It can go up and down. You don't have to be all emotional and you don't have to be all stoic. You know, um, sometimes you've got to get through those, those points, you know, I've got to make dinner or I've got to go Christmas shopping or I've got to go do those things. Sometimes those tasks can be very helpful because they allow you to just have a task to process. Um, but, but it's okay to have either one. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, is, um, allow yourself to feel and be okay sometimes if you don't feel, you know? Yeah. I think having, I think maybe what it is, is there's having distractions that's healthy and that's good, but then there's distractions, you know, where you're avoiding. So it's, it's, whether it's, it can be a distraction that's mm-hmm. helpful in the fact that, you know, you, you, like you said, you still have to cook dinner. You still have to prepare things for whatever's coming up. You still have to do all the regular things. Um, but it's whenever you get to that point where 
you're using those distractions as a way to avoid feeling those emotions. That's when it can kind of um, get unhealthy. And I know for me, one of the things that distracted me, especially like not, I wouldn't say those first few years, but after having my kids was I, I got really focused on trying to recreate certain holiday traditions with my family, with my, my nuclear family, with my own children that we did, um, you know, with my parents. And so that actually leads us into one of our next tips is that you don't have to recreate the holidays unless it's something you want to do. And I think for me, it was feeling like if I was doing things that we did as a family with my parents, it was a way that I was honoring them, but it was also stressing me out. Like with my grandma, um, we, she always made homemade pies, the homemade crust and filling. And there were certain pies that, you know, were staples at all of our holiday meals. And I got so stressed out because I could not get my pie crust right. Mm, And it's taken years to figure out, oh, after you make the pie crust, you should stick it in the refrigerator before you start rolling it out. Because I don't remember watching my Nana do that whenever she made the pies. And I don't remember my mom doing it when she was trying to make the pies. Um, But I just got really frustrated. And because I felt like I had to do it. I felt like it had to be there for, you know, as a way to have my Nana present and then as a way for my parents to be present because it was, it was always expected that Jenny, which is what my family calls me that, you know, Jenny would be the one who would make the pies. That was just what she did. And it just be kind of came what I did because of my Nana teaching me to bake pies. And when I finally allowed myself to like, when I finally gave myself permission to not have to recreate those things, I just felt a huge sense of relief because it was pressure that I was putting on myself that I didn't need to do. I think it's that kind of like the, you've been released of that role of that expectation. And, and sometimes we can put that on ourselves, you know, when someone's gone now I've got to take over that role. I've got to take over that responsibility. And you don't always have to do that. You know, allow somebody else to step up or maybe you just don't do that. So I like this tip because I think that when we're trying to recreate the holidays, we're trying to create a snapshot in time and we're constantly trying to revisit that snapshot. And, you know, it's okay if it doesn't look exactly the same. Uh, This first holiday can be, and it will be, probably one of the hardest. And maybe you don't do anything at all. Maybe, you know, I had a friend that um, she had lost her husband and it was very close right before um, the holidays had started. So then when Thanksgiving and Christmas came, they decided to go on a trip. And I think they even went to Disneyland because they just needed to get away. you know, looking around the house and seeing, you know, um, her husband's, you know, roast pan that he would make. That was just too difficult. Not putting on up any Christmas lights, you know. Um, You're not an Ebenezer Scrooge if you don't put your lights up that year. I think that is perfectly, you know, acceptable. Yeah, I agree. And this might be an opportunity to start a new tradition, um, I remember we had our previous guest, Mary Lenenberg, came on and she was talking about when her daughter passed, um, her son had suggested they didn't want to take her stocking off of the, the mantle. And so what they did instead is they started putting little letters or prayers into her daughter's stocking. And that became a new tradition for them. And I really liked that because they took something that was really hard and then they saw the good in it and you know, their daughter, Courtney, was still there with them, uh, but in a, in a very different way. So, you know, start a new tradition, something that might be really meaningful. Maybe you go to the cemetery and you have a special morning breakfast 
with, you know, where your loved one is. Or maybe you write a letter or maybe you try a recipe that you never felt comfortable trying and now you have the the guts to do it. Um, I know for my mom, um, she was such a good cook and she always made all these great treats and I felt this obligation to always keep that going. But I wanted to, so I, I chose to do that. But I remember, and I think I might have mentioned this in another episode, that when I couldn't recreate her stuffing, I had a breakdown. So I have allowed myself to go, you know what, I'm going to create it a little different. And this year, my father-in-law is doing the stuffing. So that's a totally new thing that we're going to do. And I'm looking forward to it. And he's looking forward to it. So, you know, um, being okay with change. Yeah, I I think that's, that's a really useful tip. And um, I will also say, kind of straying a bit, but um, don't try to add too many new traditions. Good point. Um, I I think that was something that I initially did when I finally (laughs) released myself from maintaining the traditions is, is, especially after having the kids is, okay, we have to create our own now. We have to have our own traditions that we're going to do as a family. And so I tried to do too much And that ended up, you know, backfiring because I was trying to add too many new traditions instead of just playing it by ear. And the planner in me loves to plan and to have a plan, have all of my to-do list ready. And I think that was one of the hard things is when I let go of some of those old traditions I had to figure out, okay, what, what am I going to put on my to-do list? And so I created this very um, unrealistic list of traditions that I wanted to do. And then it took a few years to scale back and say, you know what? All right. These are the ones that seem to be a hit with the family and the kids. And, um, you know, one of the the blessings, but also curses that, that I will say that we have in our, our new age of social media is Pinterest. Um, Mm. and so this kind of leads me into our next tip is disconnecting from, you know, gadgets, from social media technology, just to allow yourselves to be present in the moment. And I, I bring up the Pinterest thing because especially young mothers, Um, you know, we see all this stuff on social media and Pinterest, Pinterest worthy spreads, you know, like you see perfect, right? Yes. Pinterest perfect where, you know, they've got, they've had these beautiful family photos taken and they have this nice table setting and you just feel like you're, you're not enough or you didn't do enough because yours doesn't look like this. And also that's when you can see like the family pictures that, you know, people have taken or, um, you know, everyone's sharing what they're doing on Thanksgiving. And sometimes those things can be triggering for people. You know, when Mm -hmm. I see posts about, um, you know, people's like how they're celebrating holidays, there are some days that, you know, I just, I choose to stay off of social media and it's a conscious choice I've made because I know that if I get on there, I can start having these negative feelings towards people I love, towards friends and family when all they're doing is sharing their joy. And there are times when I just know I'm not ready for that. Yeah. It's that comparison factor, you know, and we're always trying to see what other people are doing or how they're responding. And I agree. I think staying away from technology during the holidays can be very helpful. Um, you know, I, and I'm with you hundred percent. My first couple of years, I got annoyed seeing people open up their Christmas gifts. I got annoyed with the matching pajamas and I got annoyed with, you know, and I'm, we're not in mother's day right now, but you know, seeing pictures of people saying, oh, I just, you know, adore my mom and, and wonderful. And we're so great. And I, I didn't want to poo poo it, but at the same time, like 
I felt like, well, you're not go you're not going through what I'm going through. And it was yeah. just very negative and very just bitter. And um, and so step away from that, you know. Sometimes it's good to just stay in 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 your own world and step away and it can be very unhealthy. And so um tech technology certainly has its place, but maybe instead of going on social media, play a song. You know, if if you feel like you have to connect with some way or you know, or call a friend, but but step away from trying to bring in the world that's around you into your world. It can be very toxic at some point. Yeah. And I think by, you know, stepping away from that technology and social, especially social media, and I'm, I'm not knocking social media because it has a place and it's so helpful. You know, it's been helpless to us here at the podcast and to us personally, especially in terms of staying connected with people, but it can become a distraction so that you're not present in the moment. And that's something that I'm really trying to make a much more conscious effort to do, especially with my own children as they're getting older is being present in the moment and recognizing that I can go down these rabbit holes sometimes where I kind of get sucked in, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's either Facebook or Instagram. I've, I've strayed away from Pinterest because I, I realized that I was developing some unhealthy feelings and some not so nice feelings. Um, when I went on Pinterest, but you know, recognizing that, okay, I, I'm making a conscious effort to step away for my own good that also is for the good of my family so that I can be more present and also, you know, making a point of not just physically being more present, but mentally being more present. Well, I think that's a great way to kind of bring to our next tip. And that's lower your expectations or don't have any. And we've kind of already hinted on this a little bit in some of our other our tips. But, you know, when you set yourself up for what it should look like or what it's supposed to be, um, you can oftentimes set, sabotage yourself. You know, um, somebody told me one time that anger comes when expectations aren't met. Well, mm. if you don't have any expectations, yeah. then then you won't have those those feelings. So lower your expectations of what the holidays are supposed to look like. You know, um, I, I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode that, you know, have three plans, you know, have a plan to go to whatever function, uh, change the plan or say, you know what, I can't go to the plan. And just knowing that you have those three options lets you release that feeling of that you've got to do something a certain way. Yeah. It, it's almost like, you know, you feeling obligated as opposed to having a choice. And so I think there's, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of grace in that where, you know, you feel like you're obligated, but you're, you're giving yourself permission to have a choice and you're saying it's okay to have a choice. It's okay to not do whatever this particular expectation might be. Yeah. And now I say that also, you know, with people who say, well, you know, I can't get out of this or I have kids or, you know, my family is depending on me, you know, that is definitely, you know, not unrealistic to, to approach. I mean, you can't just say, okay, the world's going to stop. I'm going to stop. And, but, you know, go through it and, and know that, it doesn't have to look the same way. And sometimes letting people know, you know, like this is going to be a difficult year for me and I can't guarantee I'm going to act the same way that I did before. I think just letting people know that sometimes can be very helpful because then they, they also have lowered their expectations of you and, and that in itself can be a release. So just communicating, you know, this is, this is going to be difficult or, you know, if you're a widow and you've got little kids and you know that you have to put up stockings and you know that you have to make a turkey, you know, maybe talk with your kids and say, you know, what do you think dad would want this year to look like? What do you think mom would want for us to do? Or maybe, you know, what do you guys want to do? Yeah, I know that I have certain days of the year, like, you know, the anniversary of one or both of my parents passing away, you know, days that aren't necessarily holidays, 
um, but they're dates of significance to me. And I have some really close friends who I will share like, hey, tomorrow is this date. Um, and especially like with Thanksgiving and Christmas, there, there may be certain traditions that you did with these people that you're not doing, or maybe they made a certain food and it's not going to be made this year. And, you know, by telling those who we're close with, like, Hey, it's going to be a difficult day. And what I always say, well, I, I won't say always, but what I try to say is I don't know how I'm going to be. I don't know how I'm going to feel like I'm feeling okay today, but Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow. And so if this is like the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas, you know, without a loved one, maybe giving those people who you're going to be around on those days a heads up and say, I don't know how I'm going to be feeling, you know, if, if you will just be there for me to support me and, Um, and just love me through it because, you know, you can think the day before, oh yeah, I've got this. I'm feeling great about it. And then you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, reality hits. I'm sad today. And, you know, you're wanting to allow yourself to feel that way and giving those people who you're going to be around that heads up like the day before of, Hey, I don't know how I'm going to feel, or I, I might feel sad. I might not feel sad you know, because you don't want people feeling like they have to walk on eggshells around you because they don't know what to expect. So if you're, if you're a little proactive in it and saying like, Hey, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about it tomorrow. I just need you to just be there for me. That's a really good point. And I think that's also very considerate of the people around you because a lot of people aren't going to be sure how you're going to go through it. And so if you just let them know, you know, like I need some space or, you know, I'm not sure how I'm going to be. I might be a walking time bomb, but, you know, just letting them know a little bit and and taking those cues can help you kind of get through that. So, which kind of brings us again, it's, it's amazing. We have all these tips written down and they're kind of just naturally flowing <laughs> one to the next. Um, but the next one is have a support system, you know, don't go through this alone. And that's, that's easier said than done because your grief is so personalized. It is so individual, but you know, God doesn't want us to walk through this journey by ourselves. You know, maybe it's calling a friend, maybe it's having, you know, a lot of family around you. Maybe it's your church community. Maybe you have like a grief support group and the people in the grief support group, you can call them because they're the only ones that get it. But having somebody to be able to reach out to, I think, um, I know the first year after my mom passed, so many people text me or reached out to me and some of it was very helpful. Others, I kind of just had to step away because it was a little too bombarding. Mm-hmm. But um, but I knew what was really helpful to me, and I can only speak for myself, is it wasn't the day of Christmas or the day of Thanksgiving. It was more of like a week before. It was more of a week after. And just knowing that those special people kind of reached out to me and just said, you know, hey, I just want to check on you and just let you know that I'm thinking of you. And that was so helpful and so comforting because they they got it. And they didn't respond to me on Christmas and Thanksgiving. And um, that's when everybody else did. And it was just really helpful to know that I wasn't alone. And yet I was going through all of this in my own head um, so heavily. So So having that little, you know, reach out to somebody or if you have to journal for a little bit, that can be really helpful. Yeah, I know um... – one of the things that has, has helped me through the years is, um, for those who I know are also going to be having a hard time for whatever reason, like we have some friends who, um, sadly our friend, he just lost his mom. And I mean, just a couple of weeks ago. And so everything is still fresh. And I know that Thanksgiving was a very big, deal for this family. And now it's going to look a lot different and, you know, reaching out to them and letting them know, 
hey, we're here for you. We're praying for you. Um, and not even saying, you know, you don't even have to say like, I know this is a hard time for you because that's like, no, they know it's a hard time. <laughs> they know that they're going through a hard time. We don't need to be like saying, hey, I know it's going to be a hard time, but just reaching out with that, just something um, to help someone else. Sometimes that can help us too, because it's just, it's that, um, it's not an olive branch, but it's just that extending that love and that handout to someone, reaching out to someone who you think might need you or might need a little encouragement. Just saying like that, giving them something and letting them know they don't have to respond. Like that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes you feel like you have to reply, like, Hey, happy Thanksgiving. You know, I, I know this is a hard time for you, yada, yada, but saying, you know, no need to reply. Like I had someone do that for me very soon after my mom passed away. And that was one of the best gifts that I got as a result of that was learning that there's so much power in like telling someone they don't have to reply to a text message or a Facebook message. Um, and it can be helpful to you to reach out to someone and say, Hey, just want you to know, I'm thinking of you heading into the holidays, leaving it at that, you know, no need, tell them no need to respond, um, or no need to reply unless they want to, but just giving that permission of releasing them from that potential obligation of responding, you know, like not having an expectation yourself of, well, why didn't they reply? <laughs> you know, why didn't they yeah. say thank you? And because that that's whenever it becomes more about us than them. And it can also help you heal yourself by reaching out to others. Yeah. I, and you make a good point, you know, like do it for them, not for, because it makes you feel better. Um, you know, I, I had a friend that like the same one that had lost her husband and I brought a coffee to them and part of it did make me feel better to do that. But I also knew that they loved coffee and I knew that they, that was a special thing. And, and we had this connection too, that my, that she was very close to my mom as well. So by putting that little, I just dropped it off on her porch. I think I can't even remember, but, um, it was just a little special. And then I just walked away. I don't need to be part of your whole day, but I just wanted you to know that you have this and, and, and that's, you know, just giving those little notes that you have a community that loves you and we're here for you when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And I think that in itself is good. So, um, that kind of brings us to the next topic and, that's where, uh, this is something my mother-in-law, so I'm going to give a little shout out to my mother-in-law, Wendy. I love her to pieces. Um, don't stay in this place forever. Now I want to give a little backstory. Um, and I'm, again, this is not Christmas. This was Mother's Day. Um, it was about a month after my mom had passed. And so Mother's Day was very raw. It was the first holiday. And that was really difficult for me because, I mean, could you not get any more obvious on a holiday than you just lost your mom and now you're celebrating her? And this was really, really difficult. So this might be the most, the first holiday for you, or this might be the most important one that's coming up and allow yourself to do whatever you need to do, but also don't stay there. And my mother-in-law was very kind and very gentle. And she even said, you know, I know this is going to be a hard one. And if you want to be by yourself, you know, do whatever you need to do. She goes, but next year you're going to spend it with us. And that was just her kind way of saying, you know, that we're still here for you. We're all in your world. You still have kids. You still have a husband. You still have family. And, and we want to give you your space, but now, you know, join us. And, and it didn't mean that that next holiday that I was going to be any better, that I was getting over my mom. That's not what she was saying. And I didn't take that way at all. It was more of, you know, allow yourself that space, but don't stay in that space forever because that can also be a little unhealthy where we stay in our cocoon of grief. And I know there's no time limit, but in some ways it's kind of good to have those nice little nudges from people to remind you like, okay, we still have a job to do. We still have things, 
life is going to continue. And even that next holiday is not going to look the same or the one after that or the one after that. But now let's, let's start something new. Let's create something new. So I just wanted to put that in there. Um, you can take it or leave it, but I found that really helpful. It, in a way it forced me to go, okay, my mom's not here anymore. That doesn't mean that because I'm moving forward that I love her any less, that just because she's not here that I'm not going to still honor her and celebrate her. But it also means that I have children. I have a husband. I have coworkers. I have friends. And I'm still here and they still need me. So moving forward um, does not mean forgetting. It does not mean that um, the love is any less. The love never goes away. But it does mean celebrating everything around you because you are still here. And I think this is just my the way that my mom would want me to know it is my mom would want me to be celebrating. She would want me to honor. And so, you know, as we go into this holiday period, um, think about that, you know, that I don't stay in this place forever. And, and this is where you can lean on your faith in your community. Yeah. And I think that's something too, is God, to remember that God is always here with us and he knows what we need and when we need it. We may not always want it <laughs> when we need it, but, you know, there's so much love that God has for us and so much tenderness and understanding. And sometimes we can lose sight of that, especially with the busyness of the holidays. You know, we can get lost in all of the tasks and and forget about the fact that, you know, we do still have a loving God who is there for us and wants to help us through this. And so I think sometimes even just setting some time aside to pray and ask God, you know, hey, God, <laughs> I need your help. Can you help me not wallow in my sorrow? You know, can you help me through this really hard time, through this difficult time? Turning to prayer um, is something that we don't always necessarily think of whenever we're in these valleys that we experience mm -hmm. whenever we're in the depths of grief. And, you know, maybe it's something as simple as going to mass that's going to help you bring yourself back to, okay, you know, it's like you said, our loved ones wouldn't want us to be in pain or to be in sorrow. They want us to be joyous. They want us to be happy. And so does our, our God. He is a loving God. He's a gentle God. He's an understanding God. And, you know, so almost using that as a motivator to help you not stay in those low places might be good. Yeah. And I think you make such a beautiful point, you know, that we have such a loving and gentle God. He He grieves with us. You know, he grieves with us. He sees our sorrow and um, and he mourns with us. You know, how many scripture passages do we hear where, where God is there with us lamenting? Jesus lamented over his friend Lazarus when he died. You know, I mean, there's that human side to us, you know, that we're we are imperfect beings and we are, um, we are of the flesh, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's really important. Lean on prayer, you know, maybe have a mass offered for your loved one, maybe, um, offer a prayer to God, help me get through this. It's so often we tend to only lean on God when we need something, you know, help my loved one get better. Um, and, and those are all beautiful, valid prayers, but how about help me get through this difficult time or thank you, God, for putting this loved one in my life because I've experienced love and now help me share that love. Help me give that back to somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's also important, um, and this is something we've kind of slightly addressed at the beginning, but um, make sure, this is another tip, not to resort in toxic behavior. Um, 
so oftentimes we're in a place of loneliness and sadness and we want to numb the pain. You know, alcohol and drugs are not the answer. And while the pain may be so difficult to endure and to bear, there are different ways that we can get through that. And, you know, they say in order to heal it, you need to feel it, you know, um, that it can be difficult for some people. They, they don't want to feel the pain. It can be so unbearable and, and so difficult. And so that's really where prayer can be important to kind of jump in, you know, leaning on our loved ones, um, to help us. So all the, the tips that we've given, it's really more or less so that you're not engaging in, in, in toxic behaviors. Um, getting involved with people that maybe will bring you down instead of lift you up. Um, you know, there's so many different ways. Yeah. And I think part of it is that we've become so uncomfortable with sharing our emotions or feeling like it is okay to share emotions because we think we always have to be this, you know, this, um, Pinterest perfect. Yeah. This Pinterest perfect (laughs) or this person who's got it all together. And yeah, you went through this difficult time and you faced this difficult thing, but look at you, you know, you've come out on the other side and we're on, and it's really that we're just uncomfortable with showing our emotions and showing our feelings. Maybe the way that someone grew up was that they, they weren't allowed to show those emotions. And so they don't know any other way than to, you know, to deal with it or to try to cope besides maybe turning to some toxic behavior. And, you know, obviously that that's not going to bring healing. It may even make it worse. There may even be, it may delay you from the healing that you really need. So we do want to make sure that you know that it is okay to ask for help. Like if you feel like you're going down that path where you're going to be going to these toxic behaviors or relying on things that you shouldn't be relying on, you know, it is okay to ask for help, whether that's seeking therapy or talking to a friend. Um, I know a lot of people who do therapy only around the holidays. And it's because they know that they're going to have a hard time. They don't need it the rest of the year and that's okay, but they know they're going to need it leading up to the holidays. And so they, they prepare for it and it's to help them not go down those toxic paths as a way, you know, to get through it because maybe they did that previously, who knows? Um, and that's just where, we need to reach out and we need to ask for help. And if you're not comfortable asking an actual person for help, just ask God for help. And he, he will, he will bring someone to you. He will find a way to help you through whatever it is that you're going through because he doesn't want to see us in pain. He doesn't want to see us suffering. That's a really good point, Jen. And I think that, um, you know, it's it's very easy for us, and as you can probably tell, a lot of these tips that we've given, they're they're kind of layered within each other. You know, as we talk about, don't do this, don't do that, do do this. It really comes down to surrendering. You know, allowing ourselves to allow our God uh, to be in charge. And if we don't have a faith base, you know, if, if you're someone who's maybe going through this and and maybe you're not a, a faith-based person, maybe this is the time to say, you know, God, everything that I've tried isn't working. Help me get through this time, but not resorting to the things that are going to take you away from him. Um, you know, drugs and alcohol or, you know, intimate relationships to try and numb the pain aren't always going to be the answer. Um, and even sometimes I, I would even put busy work. Well, that definitely has its place and it can certainly be helpful. Being too busy, being too task mastered, you're kind of going to set yourself up for collapse. So, you know, um, just be kind to yourself during this, this season and, and know that you're not alone. And that's really, I think, uh, as we wrap up this episode is just knowing that you have a place for you. I think also for anyone that's listening, if you have tips that you have found that's been helpful, 
please share them with us. Um, Jen and I would love to share them on our social media. Our email, morningglorypodcast at gmail.com. And as you know, the morning is M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Um, what are your do's and don'ts for this holiday season? So I know as we approach this week, um, one thing that I am going to do, and I have continued to do this since my mom's passed, is I get up early in the morning. I look totally scrubbed out. I don't put any single ounce of makeup on. And I go to a local coffee establishment. Yes, I do go out in public like that. But um, <laughs> that's something my mom and I always did. And then we would get ready to start cooking that next morning. So I'm going to continue that. I'm going to sit in uh, whatever place is open, probably a Starbucks or a Pete's Coffee. I'm going to sit there for a moment and just have that moment with my mom. And then I'm going to continue the rest of the day with my family. So we'd love to hear what you're going to do. I think that's just beautiful. And I don't have anything to top that. <laughs> because I just, I really love that. Um, yeah, I think that's just a beautiful way to to honor your mom and to just sit with her. I think that's beautiful. Thanks. So I look forward to it every year and I cry every year and I never think, I think, okay, this year it's going to be better. It's still the same. You know, the, the, the love is always going to be there. So it's never going to go away. And I'm, and I'm, I am at a place now where I accept that and I, I look forward to it. So, well, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that these tips have been helpful to you. If you take even one of them away and you have found that it is going to help you navigate this difficult time, we'd love to hear your thoughts and share them with us. And um, we're also going to keep you in our prayers during this holiday season and know that um, that God is with you through all of this. So my name's Andrea Bear. And I'm Jennifer Thomas. Until we meet again, God bless. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Morning Glory Podcast. If you'd like to hear more episodes, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. You can also check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Morning Glory Podcast or send us an email at morningglorypodcast at gmail.com. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-G-L-O-R-Y podcast at gmail.com. Until we meet again, God bless.